0: This is a listener Q and A episode. You ask the questions. Jen and I answer. Stay tuned after these messages. This episode is sponsored by
1: By Heart. Babies need to eat, and whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart baby formula. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code onboys at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T.com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer, and additional terms and conditions may apply. For
0: On Boys Parenting Podcast, I'm your co-host Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com and Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net. We are so glad you're here. Jen and I strive to bring you the latest information about raising your boy into a healthy, happy man and also the larger picture of what's happening in the world with boys and men jen's building boys bulletin is a great way to keep tabs on what's going on for boys locally and globally her subscription email comes into your inbox every monday morning she has curated information she includes all the links you need to stay up to date on what's happening with boys and men building boys bulletin go to buildingboys.net and click on the red subscription button and I guarantee you, you will be looking forward to that email every Monday morning. She's done an amazing job of bringing you the latest information. My Decoding Your Boy, Less Yelling, More Connecting is a global community of like-minded parents, who gather twice each month with me live and we talk about a specific theme that you worry you wonder about. We have talked about boys and anger, how to get him to listen, screens and video games, boys and anger. All of these topics are available to you when you join this year-long group program. You'll have access to the archives, to the bonus material, and most of all you will be part of a community of parents that join with me twice each month live and we get to it. I share practical strategies, I coach you, I answer your questions. So especially if you like this Q&A format of today's episodes, I encourage you to consider joining us twice each month Go to boysalive.com slash decode. And I look forward to having you be a part of this community. And now let's hear our
1: listener questions. It is time once again for a listener Q&A. Janet, it has been a long time since we've done one of these.
0: It has. And I'm so glad you suggested it because they're so fun. I love hearing from our listeners about what their, you know, top of mind questions are. And we've got some doozies today that I think will be really interesting for all of our listeners.
1: Let's just jump right in. First question that caught my eyes from Kristen. And she asks, is it normal for a nine to 10 year old boy to get into physical altercations with friends at every play date. And then she gives us a little bit more detail. Um, She says she has an only child, only son, who has been challenged with social relationships and has had a lot of change in his life, has never truly had one best friend. And she's wondering, um, how should she navigate their play dates when they get physical?
0: And she says she's a single mom. I think that's important, too, to honor that. Kristen, you know, this is so normal. Don't you think?
1: Well, and I found myself wondering right away, like, what do you mean by physical altercation? True.
0: There's that.
1: You know, if we're talking like a beatdown, and they're into it and they're angry, then no, that's not normal. If we're talking into every single play date, they get physical completely. normal.
0: Yeah. So the trick is, or the avenue you can go down is how do you make the play dates more physical and how do you change your own expectations about what is acceptable? So can they go out and wrestle in the dirt? Can they be climbing trees and doing physical things Rather than, you know, they're not going to come and do play dates like we did when we were nine and ten, Jen. I mean, I was playing Mm -hmm.
1: school and house and I played library, Janet.
0: Yeah. So it's not going to look the same, Kristen, as it might have looked when you were nine and ten. And I do hear some concern in there about his social Mm -hmm. skills and know that, you know, for so many of our boys, it's it's developing. It's coming it just may take a little bit longer.
1: I think it's pretty typical, especially for boys in this age group to not truly have one best friend. They -hmm. have guys they like hanging out with and they like doing stuff with. And I'm not saying that nine and 10 year old boys can't have deep conversations, but that's not what most of their interactions look like. A lot of it is doing something and a lot of it is doing something Kind of side by side. It's more interactive than the mm-hmm. parallel play that you see in toddlers, but a lot of it is just doing stuff together. So
0: Kristen and all you parents out there who are looking at your boys going, oh my goodness, they're so physical. It's okay. And, and at I- that level that you said, you know, if it's if it's a smackdown, then we have to be addressing that in a different way. But if it's if it's uh agreeable, mutually agreeable, then
1: let him go put some guardrails on it give yourself permission to not watch I That's mean, you good. have to you have to be there during the play date. yes you are the responsible parent but you do not have to be in the room every moment you don't if the noise if the chaos if uh, it's uncomfortable for you to see nine and ten year olds interacting in this way step out go to the bathroom go to your yeah. room for a while go in the kitchen and get busy making supper or pull out some food because I guarantee they're going to get hungry too.
0: (laughs) All right. Julianne wrote about her 16-year-old who is generally non-ambitious. She says, mine is 16, so capable of doing many things on his own or with light support, but now he has decided to take classes at a local junior college that meet high school and gen ed requirements. That's awesome. She said that went well in the fall, but not in 2022. College is a bit understaffed, has tech challenges. I tell him my job is to be training wheels for his adult life skills. And I think I'm doing too little. So his last term class never showed up on the dashboard. There was no class listed even though the paperwork went through. He agrees it bothers him, but he doesn't send emails to follow up.
1: Her big question is, how can I tell when I'm giving enough support without smothering or causing learned helplessness?
0: This can go in so many realms, right? We Big worry. question. Yeah. Do Are we doing too much? I think part of that is, am I okay as mom or dad letting him fail? And to what level that is? Part of it, too, I think, is that our boys do need support in how to communicate with adults in authority. They don't know how to do it. They're shy. They don't feel like they have the words. You know, giving support in that way, sitting down and writing the email together is a great place to start.
1: And also, I think we need to remember that there's uh, communication gaps and preferences the way your son communicates with his friends, it's all via text or Snapchat, nothing wrong with that. So that's how he's comfortable uh, sending requests and problem solving. He knows that's not gonna work with the administrators at school, but kids don't send email. And Mm -hmm. so that's not a thing that they are comfortable with. So yes, they do need some role modeling and, and help with that process
0: yeah and i mean he's young and it sounds like he's in an environment where there's older kids too and and so of course another gap right in just having the comfort level to go and talk with the professor or whatever needs to happen so you know if you're not sitting down and doing his homework for him i think you can give him some support and it's okay it's okay My-
1: My big thought on the specific question here. I wonder if it is worth reaching out to your high school, because if he is 16 and uh, taking classes at the junior college that will count for both high school credits and some some um, gen ed college credits. I think different states handle this differently, but in my state in Wisconsin, um, there is some coordination between the high school and the Community college or the tech school. There's a liaison in there. And so, like, this is it's upsetting if your kid registers for a class and it's not Mm -hmm. showing up as it should. So, if there is somebody at your high school who's sort of that liaison or overseeing or even assisting with some of this, as a parent, I do not think you're overstepping at all if you, as a parent, do that direct outreach and say, hey, my son is registering for these classes, but it's not showing up, because that may be an issue for the high school to be addressing as well.
0: That's brilliant. I'm so glad you're my co-host.
1: And you know, the, the the big question, how do you know you're giving enough support without smothering or causing learned helplessness? The truth is you never know for sure. Yeah. yeah. You never know for sure. We're all making this up as we go along. Uh, sometimes we probably veer towards a little too much support. Sometimes we veer towards not enough Just like we hoped with our kids diets when they were like, you know, eating nothing but goldfish crackers one day (laughs) and then, you know, swinging all the way over and just refusing all food. And then you hope it balances out over time. And I think that it will.
0: I think you're right on that. All right. On to Leslie.
1: Leslie writes in and she's got an 11 year old son who is in fifth grade, full of energy, huge heart, very smart tested gifted but constantly battles with me every single day and tries to find shortcuts around every little thing. And so she gives us an example. She says like if I ask him nicely to put his shoes away, "Hey Bud, will you please put your shoes up?" He'll take his shoes to his room, throw them on the floor. Then she will say nicely, "Put them in the closet." As she points out, that's where they've gone since he's 5, he knows this and he will throw a huge fit. This happens throughout the day with school, with house and she's wondering how to handle this. I want to point out part here at the end she mentions that she feels like a failure because she works in mental health so the fact that you know she's struggling with this is like what am i doing wrong i thought i'm an expert. We've done therapy, we've done all the things. He doesn't have a diagnosis, he's just a kid with emotions and it's emotionally draining on everyone in the family. What do you think Janet? I have lots of thoughts but I want to hear yeah. yours first.
0: First of all, you're not a failure. I think that any of us who have professions might, for instance, I'm a family coach. I'm skilled in communication. Am I the greatest with my nuclear family? Uh, Not so much. We can do things for other people that we can't necessarily do so well with the people closest to us. So Leslie, give yourself a break on that.
1: Thank you. For that, Janet, because as you know, I'm working on this book about raising great guys. Yeah. And every single day I look around and go, am I, do I know what I'm doing? Am I a failure at this? Do I know what I'm doing? Because kids have a way of challenging us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so step away from that little inner voice and Recognize that, yeah, you do have a kid that is full of energy, has a huge heart, and seems to not want to do anything you ask him to do. With the families that I work with in my coaching practice, it's all about, once again, all about communication, but also collaboration. You've got to sit down together and figure out what are the big ticket items that need to be focused. Maybe mm. you don't talk about the shoes. Maybe there's something that's more far-reaching than that. And the shoes are just a little irritant. Having some collaboration, having that conversation about what you need to be responsible for as a family member, what you need to be responsible for as yourself. And then in that, making some agreements, recognizing it's going to get messy, having a plan for when he doesn't follow through on what is agreed upon and also a time limit. So if he's agreed, you know, Oh, I'll do it after school or whatever. It's like, okay, we'll try that for three days and see how it goes. So have that limit on it. So you can regroup also, but getting him on board, like you've got to at this age at 11, he's got to feel a sense of ownership too. And as I said, there's that place of like, are the shoes really the most important mm-hmm. thing? What else You're is going on? You're absolutely
1: right. You know, one way all of us can minimize battles in our family, we are never going to eliminate them because we're humans and we have disagreements and preferences. You can eliminate them by, as they say, picking your battles, deciding which things are worthy of emotional investment and time investment. Mm-hmm. I found myself looking at the, the shoe situation through the 11-year-old guy, right? He's 11 years old and you say, put your shoes up. So he takes his shoes upstairs and he throws them down in his room. In his mind, he's done it. He did yeah. exactly what you asked. He took his shoes upstairs. And then now you say they have to be in a specific place, which to an 11-year-old boy feels absolutely, completely, and totally ridiculous. So then you get into this battle of wills and he thinks you're stupid and you think he's stupid and, and maybe, maybe neither one of you are using those words, but it becomes this, you're both wanting different things. And as you said, at 11, he very much wants to be in charge of a lot of things in his own life. He's ready Mm -hmm. for that. So some of the battle of which way am I going to do things? It's typical. He's Mm -hmm. trying to find his own way. He's trying to assert his own independence. The other thing that stood out to me in this one is Leslie, where you said, he's just a kid with emotions. It's emotionally draining on everyone. Hone in on that part. Cause guess what? He's not the only one in the family with big emotions. I'm guessing that you are too. Mm-hmm. Totally true for me. And so it's easy to focus on my kids, big emotions and be like, that's the problem I have to deal with. I have to help him learn how to tamp, tamp down and control these emotions. It's more productive if I can take some deep breaths and focus on my emotional response first. Mm -hmm. Easy for me to say, well, I'm sitting here in front of this podcast microphone, harder to put into practice when I am in the heat of it with my kids. But I really recommend working on trying to take moments to slow down your emotional response. Because as Janet said, then that will give you some time in calm moments to address it from a collaborative problem solving. Mm -hmm. How are we going to get done the maybe three big things that we have identified rather than worrying about all of the details? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think you're, you're spot on with giving it time in the moment. Just be quiet. Because when you're heightened, when you're not in full charge of your emotional response, reaction, it's not going to go anywhere good. It's going to go all the places you've already been. So it's that point where you can stop and say, you know, let's talk about this later. And if from the sounds of it, you're really busy, you've got a lot going on, your husband's gone a lot, and you're carrying the full weight of parenting, it sounds like. So taking that pause for yourself and tell him, I'm going to step out. I need to take a break. You're modeling for him Mm -hmm. how to get those emotions back in check and just say, you know, I need to go in the other room and take some deep breaths, get a drink of water, all those things. And to circle back later, have the conversation outside Mm -hmm. of the heightened emotion and also I truly feel there is a place to apologize to our kids. You know, buddy, I have been so stretched at work. I, dad's gone so much, all these things. I I feel really stressed and overwhelmed. I've probably been overreacting. I'm going to start really paying attention to that and getting that in control. That's as much as they need to hear. You know, that can go a long way to just, resetting these interactions.
1: I want to be clear. You do not need to do all of these things all at once. Pick and choose. Whatever works for you, pick and choose. Start there.
0: As Mother's Day is coming around, I find I'm missing my mom more and more. And there's always questions and stories I wish I had asked her when she was still here. I do remember that I gave her a book once upon a time with questions for her to write the answers to and bless her heart, she didn't answer very many. So that was really a disappointment. But fast forward to now and technology and now we have mylifeinabook.com. It takes all those questions and stories and it puts it in a format that is sent to your person, whoever you designate, on a regular basis so that the prompts come, they're easily answered, either written or voice to text, and they're captured by mylifeinabook.com. These family stories, this legacy that you want to leave for your children and your grandchildren. mylifeinabook.com, create an unforgettable gift for your mom, your dad, your children, this Mother's Day. Use our coupon code ONBOYS for 10% off. Go to mylifeinabook.com and use ONBOYS for 10% off. Create that legacy. Carry on those stories.
1: We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet. you can receive a free free 3-month supply of EasyMelt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit tryeasymeltscom onboys That's try t r y easymelts easy m e l t s forward slash On boys. I want to call out one other part of her question that we didn't comment on initially because this is an issue for so many families of boys. She writes that um, since he started middle school, he doesn't want to take the time to do his schoolwork. He rushes through it and now is failing his English class for the first time ever. And she writes, when I work with him through it after screaming and fighting for an hour, he'll get it and then say, Oh, that was so easy, which is crazy making.
0: It's absolutely
1: crazy making when you know your kid can do this and he's not. And why? You might not like my advice, but mine really is drop the rope, step away, don't fight with him about it, let him rush through it, let him fail English class. You can talk about it later. You can ask him, you know, hey, bud, how do you feel about that? Maybe not, how do you feel? Boys don't do well with how do you feel. What, What would you say, Janet?
0: Well, I think it's so important to recognize that middle school is the time for them to make these mistakes. Failing English class in middle school is not the end of the world. No. He needs to have the conversations with the teachers. It is so true, Jen. Drop the rope. Maybe tell the teacher that you are dropping the rope so they're Mm -hmm. aware and, you know, homework's maybe not going to get turned in, but I'm letting my son take responsibility for his work now. We'll see how it goes. And That's
1: a really good idea, that communication part with the teacher. Because then the teacher is aware of what's happening and why. And a middle school teacher will likely support you in yes. your effort to back off and encourage your son to take responsibility for your work. So when uh, you and the teacher are both working towards that same goal that can be much more productive and way less confusing for the teacher who's like wait what happened with this kid yeah
0: yeah and there's another place that you can have a conversation another thing that i firmly believe in is that you can say to your son i trust that you're capable of taking care of your schoolwork if you need my help with organization or i don't know what to do when i'm here And I trust that you're capable. So I'm stepping out because it's not my homework. It's your responsibility. So you're there in support. You are not there to do the knockdown, drag out, being screamed at and fighting for an hour around homework. Let it go.
1: That is such powerful language. And it's a huge difference to say to our sons, I trust that you are capable rather than Well, you just yell at me all the time when I try to help you anyway. So I'm not going to help you anymore with your, you know, you Mm -hmm. hear the difference in tone there and our boys hear that as well. Mm -hmm. And when we say, I trust that you're capable, even if you have that little thought in your head going, no, I don't, I don't really trust this at all. Mm -hmm. He hears that. And if you can hold yourself back and wait to be needed or not, and let him learn from life that is a hugely powerful way of supporting his development and to go back to our previous question this is something that you can do that is the opposite of encouraging learned helplessness right right yeah the opposite of encouraging learned helplessness when you say to someone i trust that you are capable and you act as if you believe they are capable they're much more likely to to step up because our boys really really do want to please us and they really do want to handle their lives competently. Yeah. Well, this kind of relates to our next question too, from our super
0: fan, Brenda, big shout out to Brenda. She asks how to graciously acknowledge the almost daily calls and emails from school regarding behavior and then discuss with my sixth grader. Again, this is that same place of collaboration and connection and not to feel like a failure in the process.
1: I really, really, really wish this is my dream, Janet. I wish that at some point during the beginning of the school school year, there would be a meeting between the parents and the teachers where the parents could openly share with the teachers. Hey, these are things about school that stress us out so that the teachers would know what our experience is of getting these calls and emails all the time. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes they think they're being helpful that we want to know. Mm-hmm. I think that they're at their end of the rope and they're like, I don't know what to do about this. You solve it. But Lord, is it stressful to get these calls and emails all the time when, you know, Brenda, you're like, I am doing the best that I can with this kid. I'm trying.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And again, what I said about middle school,
0: this is the time for failures to happen. This is the time for him to have to deal with the teachers there. And there is a place too, where it's like, yep, that's how it is. And he's growing through it. He's growing through it.
1: So here is what I ended up doing with the, um, not infrequent calls and emails from school that I got. Here's my standard response. Thank you for letting me know. I will talk to insert kid's name. And I always did let my kid know that I got the email because I want them to know that uh, I am aware of what happened as well. I almost never, I'm trying to think if I ever did, and maybe never added any additional um, punishment or consequence, because frankly, a lot of the stuff was stupid stuff. Like mm-hmm. you've heard me tell about the time I got the call because my kindergartner drew a pile of poop at the back of the giraffe. Yeah. I don't care. That's not mm-hmm. a, what now I know you're talking about a sixth grader, right? Um, generally, I let school handle the school stuff. I will talk to my kid. I will listen to, you know, his version of it. Sometimes it's different. I will reiterate family values like respect how to talk to other other people, students, teachers with respect, and then I let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and yes sometimes in my moments, I do feel like a failure. And then I have to work on that myself. I have to try and recenter myself and realize that one, my kid's behavior, as much as we think is not really a reflection of my worth as a human or my parenting. My kid has free will out in the world. And sometimes he makes some interesting choices.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What do you think as a former
0: teacher? It's walking that line between the parents need to know what's going on. And, and what you said is so true. Like, I'm so frustrated with this kid. I am out of options. And that communication between the parent and teacher is fraught. I will just say it it, it's hard. It's and hard. We the have teacher personality
1: feels- differences too. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of yeah. us work together better than others. That's human.
0: Yeah. And Every school has different expectations and different parameters. I happen to know that this person's school grades homework, which I think is abominable. I totally disagree that that should happen. So there's differences with the school policy that you can totally opt out of and it may affect your kid's grade. But the bottom line is that you are connected to your child and that your family is a peaceful, harmonious place. And school is not like, like with Leslie homework is not skewing the family dynamics. So it's okay as a parent to say, yep, we're opting out. And I think what you said too, thanks for your information. Thanks for letting me know. Thanks for letting me know done and no further punishment at home. He knows he's having a hard time in school. He knows, don't make it worse. Let home be a safe place where he can just be done with school and those pressures.
1: Now, one thing that I recently told um, another parent, and I don't get the gist that this is the, the case from Brenda right now, but I know it is for a lot of our, of our listeners. It's the, when do you say something versus just saying, thank you so much. And we've talked here before, there is a tendency in our schools for boys in particular to receive harsh punishments or harsher punishments than girls sometimes get for the same behavior. Mm -hmm. It is not uncommon for boys to end up with, you know, in school suspensions for kind of minor stuff. Yeah. If you really believe that there is a disproportionality between you know, what happened and the consequence, I do think that you have a responsibility as a parent of a boy to talk about that with the teacher and even to take that a step higher if needed because this is a national, international issue that boys are receiving harsh punishments that sometimes are out of line developmentally and these then end up affecting the boy's uh, relationship with school their beliefs about learning, and mm-hmm. that can become a very negative thing. So that's something to keep in mind, parents. I don't think that should not be your first go to. Your first go to is thank you for letting me know. Yeah, end of yeah. End.
0: I think that's an important point, though. So Jennifer asks Jen, how do you not stop- me? I promise. <laughs> how do you help them stop complaining about everything? she says, life is amazing. We have gratitude. Nothing is enough ever. And she doesn't say how old he is.
1: Oh, it can be every age, right? Sure. We've had sure. three-year-olds do this. We've had 13-year-olds do this. I've heard 36-year-olds and 66-year-olds yeah. do this. Unfortunately, Jennifer, I don't think Janet or I have any magic. Do this one thing and it will instantly stop unless you've been hiding something from me all these years I
0: don't have that I don't have that you know what my comment would be a lot of it you don't have to listen to just walk away some and I, I think about you know some people are just it's the cup half full cup half empty personalities temperaments And maybe your kid is, you know, he's just seeing the downside of things or that's where he's at. That might be who he is. So some of it just take with a grain of salt and
1: walk away. The only thing that you can really do, ignore it, because what we give energy to, there's more of, so if your kid starts complaining and you start saying, well, it's not so bad. And you have all this. Now you've created a battle of wills and it, it, it perpetuates. It can be so hard to sit there. Say you're in the car. You can't just walk away. yeah Ignore it. Ignore it. Do not engage. If you engage, you give energy to it. It keeps going. And the other thing that you can do is in your own life, model gratitude. Mm -hmm. model thankfulness. Let him see that example. Will that change him right away? No. Will it ever? Maybe not, but really these are your only options. Ignore it. Don't engage model gratitude so that even if he's not at that point right now where he can see and appreciate all the good that surrounds him by you drawing attention to that, that increases his awareness.
0: Yeah, pretty much it.
1: All right. Uh,
0: Sarah, 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 <laughs> Jen, I'm, I'm putting this one over to you. Cause she's got three beautiful spirited boys and there's some, uh, you know, some things not happening in the
1: bathroom. The perennial boy <laughs> question, especially when you have multiple boys, she says they don't lift the seat to pee. There is always pee all over the seat. Or more at night they don't turn on the lights, so you know pee splatters gets on the floor boy moms, you know what this looks like you know what this smells like you know how frustrating it is. And her question is what can I do to encourage them to care about this and to take ownership to make choices to prevent it and in case of drips they clean it up themselves. You can't make them care about it, that is the most frustrating thing because guess what works for them they are totally fine with it making them care about it when they are what five seven and nine honestly they just don't they don't it's not that they don't love you mom but they're just thinking about how can i pee and get back to whatever i'm doing they're not thinking about your comfort when you go to the bathroom what i suggest if at all possible Is to try not to use that bathroom. If you have another bathroom, if you can be like, you guys use this one, I'm using this one that helps a little bit. And the other thing, it will not be perfect. It absolutely will not be perfect, but it is totally 100% reasonable to have a rotating schedule, perhaps of who cleans the toilet, who wipes it down. It will not be perfect. It will not be up to your standards but get started on it. It will take time. They will fight you. It's a process. By the time they are 20, they're going to be doing a lot better in terms of aim and likely cleaning up.
0: There you go. And you can use a favorite sentence of mine here. It is the when then sentence. When you have done a once over in the bathroom, you know, when you've cleaned off the counters and the toilet and whatever then we can insert something fun insert a good snack whatever
1: go but to the park whatever go
0: to the park whatever so when you've cleaned up you know child who's 5 when you've cleaned up and they're going to need some help but you're showing them and they're learning and as you said it's not perfect but uh yeah it's never gonna, going to be perfect so hopefully you have another bathroom I yeah. hope so. Yeah. All right. Uh, Petra asks, this is our, this is our uh, wind up question here, but a really important one that I know a lot of parents grapple with, and that is uh, separating with his father and feeling like his son is becoming more and more like his father. He speaks often to me as, as his father
1: I don't feel respected. She's saying she's not sure he's doing this consciously, but it sounds like she's hearing the words of his father coming through him. And as somebody who has lived this dynamic, it is so, so hard, so hard. And especially as you're going through it and you're trying to mentally uh, separate, you know, this, this person who, Likely vowed to love you and honor you your whole life and went in a different direction. And then hurtful things happened. And now you're seeing and hearing some of these hurtful things coming from this small person that you want so much for. It is a lot of pain and it can be really, really frustrating. And I think it is helpful if you can to get some professional support to grapple with this because it is, you have your emotions about his father, you have your emotions about your son, and it's really difficult to figure out what you are projecting onto the situation versus what is objectively happening. I needed somebody to help me deal with that because even when our sons are saying the words of their fathers, they need us to treat them like our sons and not like their dads. And it's hard to do.
0: Yeah. I think that is that is really important advice Jen you really do need another perspective to help you sort that out and you and I both journal a ton and journaling can also be helpful in just like helping you recognize oh yeah oh that is his dad and of course he's you know he's going to have qualities of his father that's unavoidable so it does come right back to you how are you going to handle it how are you going to respond in a loving way to this person who is a different person who you do have uh influence with and you know he's not going to be a carbon copy of his dad so you have a voice you have influence in his life he has a different experience than his father did and so we have to hope that some of that positive those positive experiences are uh, channeling him in a positive direction, but this is fraught. It's it's challenging. And I'm guessing, you know what, 15 years post-divorce, there's still that place every now and then of like, oh yeah, that, you're so much like your dad. Oh, there, are,
1: there are definitely still those moments. Um, and so the other thing that anybody going through this has to figure out is how will you take care of yourself? In those moments where your son says, or does, or even looks at you in a way that triggers something. Sometimes you don't even, you're not even aware, but there are moments where I look at my sons and I suddenly see their dad. Yeah. And sometimes that's really good, right? It's just like, whoa, when did that happen? But if you have been in a difficult relationship, that can also be really challenging. Mm -hmm. So figuring out how you will take care of yourself in those moments. And this is all a process because Mm -hmm. as you know, Janet, as I've learned, you know, healing from separation and divorce is it's a long process. It takes a long time. And when you have a child with somebody that somebody is in your life in many ways for a very long time. So it's It's worth investing time and effort into this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a lifetime. It's a lifetime work. Yes, indeed. Oh, Jen. I just, this has been so fun. We need to do this more often. This is great. I hope our listeners have gleaned some new little nuggets that they can apply in their life. And just hearing our listeners and their questions, it just brings us all together in community. We're not alone. We don't have to do this alone. Your question is definitely somebody else's question too.
1: Janet and I have ideas. We have experience we don't know everything. So if you're listening today and you think we missed the mark or you have a good idea, or if you know how to keep boys from peeing on the seat, please let us know. Email us, drop a comment on our show notes. Let us know because we want to share. We want to learn. We want to help you all as much as possible. If you have other questions, let us know. We'll schedule another listener Q and A
0: as jen and i said we love hearing from our listeners we love knowing that we can support you with some expertise some opinions and uh just our experience jen's raised four boys she knows all about that toilet seat and we know you don't have to do this alone jen has her building boys bulletin you can go to buildingboys.net and subscribe every monday morning an amazing email come into your inbox and join me for the year-long group program decoding your boys less yelling more connecting You can be part of this global community of like-minded parents. We talk about a certain theme every month. Oh my gosh, we've talked about boys in anger, how to get them to listen, screens and video games. You have access to all of those recordings when you join the program. Join any time in the year. And I would love, love to have you with me live twice a month. That's decoding your boys. Go to boysalive.com decode and you'll find all the info and registration there. As always, dear listeners, thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, if it's been valuable, please share with a friend. We are Janet Allison of boysalive.com and Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net. Thanks for being our On Boys listeners.